The passage is Acts 16, verses 4 through 15. Listen as I read. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. The story of rescue that you just witnessed actually is part of a sermon. It's a lived body illustration of a man and a woman who have sought the face of God. It actually connects beautifully to the text today because of the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna preach a few minutes on this text, giving an outline that I think will be easy to remember, but a powerful picture of what is taking place. First of all, Paul is with Silas and Timothy. He's not with Barnabas because of a huge conflict that has happened. Last week, Chad talked about conflicts in the church. Well, the one that arose in in Paul and Barnabas' life was really, really ugly, really tragic. They had a sharp disagreement. In the the Greek, it's, it's a passionate disagreement. It's where two brothers profoundly believed they were right, and they did not leave really in a good way. But God can't be stopped. In the midst of the conflict, the overpowering reality of the Holy Spirit continues to move. And even from this conflict, as these men would wrestle with this the rest of their life, honestly, the church advances. Barnabas takes with him John Mark, the one who in Paul's eyes had failed, but later he would say, I need him, and he would be the one to write the gospel of Mark. Barnabas goes with John Mark, and Paul now turns with Silas and identifies Timothy, and he says, come with me. And from this conflict, they move forward to advance the kingdom. And then you see the Holy Spirit, the one who's overpowered this conflict, now gives them a calling, a calling to a specific place. But this is important to see. How many of you children, I want you to listen for a second. How many of you have ever played the game Red Light, Green Light? Raise your hand. Now, how many of you adults have played Red Light, Green Light? It's a game that's been around a long time. The premise of it is very simple. 
There's a caller. The caller yells green light and everybody runs. Then the caller yells red light and everybody stops. There's a world record for red light, green light. It's about 1,500 just shy participants. I want you to know that I broke that record. I did. It wasn't recorded. I didn't have specialists from the Guinness Books present, but there were over 5,000 high school students lined up on a beach with about 100 yards between them and the boardwalk in the water. And there I stood with the microphone with sound systems spreading completely across about 100 yards. I was the caller. This was my idea. 5,000 high school kids on a beach trip to hear about Jesus. And I said, everybody on the line, green light. And they took off. Think about that. I'm not exaggerating the number. Red light, they stopped. Some kept running, they got pulled out. Green light, it was an amazing thing to witness. I was there, I was the caller. And then it was shut down. The officer of the law came walking up next to me. I saw him coming. I knew I thought what he was about to do. So one last time before he said he, I said I couldn't, I yelled, green light, go! And they all ran to the water. Nobody knows who won, but it broke the record. For the record, I was the caller of the largest red light, green light in the history of the world. Why does that have to do with this? At the end of that weekend, and this wasn't intended, thousands of kids professed faith in Jesus because the Holy Spirit moved into their heart and he opened it. And then they heard the speaker that week say, go, go now wherever the Lord has called you and make known the name of the Jesus, the one who has just saved you. Think about that. Thousands of kids now moving into their families, into their schools, into their communities, into potential colleges, into married life, all having been saved by the grace of God because someone stood up and proclaimed Jesus to them, obeying their calling. Red light, green light. The Holy Spirit at times will do things that we don't understand. This had to be true for Paul. Paul and Barnabas have split. He could never have seen that coming. It was a sharp disagreement. The Holy Spirit overpowers the conflict they move forward. The Holy Spirit now encourages them to continue to make known the gospel. They go and they share to churches about the Jerusalem Council and what took place. They're feeding them and they're moving towards Asia, little Asia. And as they move forward, the word tells us that they were prohibited from advancing the gospel in this place. Look with me at the text. Verse seven, and when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Verse six, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, red light. The Holy Spirit doesn't just say go. There are times when the Holy Spirit says stop. We don't know why. We're not told what the reason was. Some speculate that it was a health issue for Paul. Because Luke, if you paid careful attention, who's writing this letter in verse 10, moves from the narrative of describing what was happening to them to now describing us because Luke is with them. 
Something prohibited them from moving forward the gospel in that place. The Holy Spirit is the one to blame. Stop. Why? Because he had a different plan. And the plan was for Paul to advance the gospel in another part of the world. So now in verse 10, when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, he says, we sought to go, that's we, Luke, and the rest, to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Skip and Barbara, he's calling you to preach the gospel to them. In whatever format of these small groups, of the time in which you preach or teach, he's calling you to give the same message that you have continued to give. And we believe in the priesthood of all believers. And what that means is that that red light, green light is for all of us to continue to listen. Where is the Lord calling us? Sometimes he says stop, and sometimes he says go. In this case, in the middle of the night, Paul has this vision from the man from Macedonia who is saying, help. Skip's first question to me was at the original Pancake House on Northwest Highway. I was sitting with Tim Tinsley and Rob Allen, and Skip was very intense. And he looked at me and said, Mark, what is the gospel? And then I began to explain what the good news of Jesus, according to the word of God, means. And I was nervous, because I knew he had a definition. I wondered what was going on in his mind. And then we continued to just share and hash out the reality of the life of Christ, the life hidden in Christ, the life hidden in the Lord of the universe, the life hidden in the one who came to live the life we could never live, to die the death we all deserve to die, who accomplished it, and what does it mean to be hidden in him? And we shared the gospel that day, and then we shared the gospel moving forward. Skip told me a couple months ago when I just happened to run into him at Corner Bakery where he was doing the very thing there that he's going to be doing in Falls Church, caring for people, that this move was coming and we began to pray. I told him then I didn't know what to think about it because the whole time that I've been here, he's been a presence and a reality. And for that, I'm very grateful. But I was struck by this passage, this particular word where they say that we were called to go and preach the gospel to them. My friends, that's what the world needs. What we have in Christ is the gospel. And the gospel in whatever format we take it is what the world needs. Paul had no idea when he saw the vision of the man from Macedonia that soon there would be a woman named Lydia who was seeking after God. She was seeking after God because something in her life began to cause her to hunger and thirst. And that something was the Holy Spirit. And the providence of God, the one who had said stop towards Asia, had now said go towards Macedonia. And here he is in a conversation with a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods. And then it says in verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to pray. We're a church of about 5,000. Every Christian, every member 
who truly professes faith in Christ has the Holy Spirit living inside them. That Holy Spirit speaks. And sometimes that Spirit, the Spirit, says, stop. Not retire. Not hang it up. But stop and listen. Because I'm about to give you a green light somewhere else. And when the Holy Spirit gives the green light for us to go, Paul's lesson for us is go immediately. Go immediately. Because out there somewhere, in your places of work, in the places where you shop, the man or woman who cuts your hair or makes your cup of coffee or cheers for your child's team just as you do. There are Lydia's. And you don't know it. But behind the scenes, the Spirit of God is beginning to work. And it's just possible that He has put you providentially in their life that one day you'll be able to preach the gospel to them. And they will hear about the beauty of Christ. And likely they will have already seen it through your life. And what you witness, my friend, is the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the conflicts, to give you a clear calling, and to use you and to use me to open the hearts of other people, like Lydia, that they may be converted. Here's the most dangerous part for us, is that we just sit on the sidelines and we watch other people respond to the red light, green light. Likely, it's because we're young and we think one day I'll do that. When I get my career and my family and everything else in order. Another danger is I've already done that. It's someone else's turn. If you can show me where in the Bible it says that's okay, I'll bless you. But you're going to have a hard time finding it because it's not there. The Holy Spirit doesn't say red light, stop, retire. He does say stop, but it's so we'll listen that he might reveal to us what the next step in the journey is. And likely while we're waiting to hear the green light where it is we're called to go, he is going to reveal something more glorious about himself, something more beautiful about himself that causes us to have the fire once again of a new convert that says, I can't stop speaking about the stuff that I've seen and heard. Holy Spirit, where are you calling me to go? How are you calling me to give? Show me the green light, and he will. And when he does, go immediately. Run fast. Run like a child that wants to win that game until you hear him say, stop. And when he does, he's not telling you to retire. He's just telling you to listen, wait, and then go. Father in heaven, it's a very simple text that changed the world. Holy Spirit, you gave Paul a vision and you gave him the obedience to change direction. Lord God Almighty, do that with this body. Do that with all of your body.
that we might find delight in making known the name of Jesus. We pray in your name, Christ. Amen.